Hey everybody, this is Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. Today is March 12th, and today we are going to be diving into Jacob 4. Now, I love Jacob 4. Jacob 4 has some of the most beautiful doctrines, and the way Jacob teaches and expounds on the doctrines of the gospel is just really beautiful to me. And so we're actually going to spend three days here in Jacob 4. So to start it off, I just want to take a look at verses 1 and 2 in Jacob 4. Jacob says this, Now behold, it came to pass that I, Jacob, having ministered much unto my people in word, and I cannot write but a little of my words because of the difficulty of engraving our words upon plates. And we know that the things which we write upon plates must remain. But whatsoever things we write upon anything, save it be upon plates, must perish and vanish away. But we can write a few words upon plates, which will give our children, and also our beloved brethren, a small degree of knowledge concerning us, or concerning our fathers. Now, I really like this because I remember thinking how hard it must have been for the writers of the Book of Mormon to not only engrave upon metal, but also to just lug those plates around everywhere. It must have been a really difficult task. And I love that Jacob kind of owns that here. He explains that he has done a lot of ministering unto his people, but that he can only write a small portion of it because it is difficult to engrave upon the plates. But it had to be that way. And he understood that because he says that he knows that if they would have engraven or written upon anything else, that those things would have perished and that they had the promise. And he's saying we a lot here. He's talking about himself and Nephi. And so he's saying that they know that their words will remain because Nephi had been given that promise. A couple times in the book of Second Nephi, Nephi explains that he had received a promise from the Lord that his words would endure and would be given unto his descendants someday. So Jacob has that same trust and that same hope that the reason why he's writing and the reason why he's engraving upon these plates of metal is because these words will remain and will be a tool used for converting his posterity. So Jacob knew that they had to engrave upon plates of metal so that their words could remain. And if you think about it, the Dead Sea Scrolls were written upon papyrus, right? And they are about 1,800 to 2,000 years old. The golden plates, when Joseph Smith received them, were about 2,400 years old. So the Book of Mormon was much older than the Dead Sea Scrolls. Some of the scrolls were intact, some were in large pieces, but most were in tiny scraps. And that left historians with a jigsaw puzzle that they tried to piece together and that they hope is right. But if you think about Joseph Smith receiving the golden plates, he was able to translate quickly because the record was completely intact. And so that was a really important aspect of the writings of these ancient prophets. It was difficult and it was labor intensive to write upon plates of metal, But there had to have been an understanding, like Jacob had, that it was necessary so that their words could remain. Metal plates in Joseph Smith's day sounded absurd. In fact, Joseph Smith was mocked often for talking about the golden plates. Since then, however, records upon metal plates have been discovered in several different countries. 
Um, There's something called the Pyrgi gold plates. I don't know if I said that right. (laughs) And they date back to 500 BC and they were discovered in Pyrgi, Italy. And it was a religious text. Um, The Phoenician copper plates date back to 1800 BC, which is actually like the oldest metal plate record that we have. The Etruscan gold book, again, not sure if I said that right, was discovered in Bulgaria, dates back to 600 BC. There was a copper scroll with the Dead Sea Scrolls, and it survived better than any of the papyrus scrolls. There's one called the Korean Sutra Gold Plates. And the interesting thing about that one is that they were actually discovered inside a stone box, much like the gold plates that Joseph Smith was given. There were the Silver Scrolls. The cool thing about the Silver Scrolls is that they date back to the same time period as the Golden Plates, 600 BC, and they were discovered just west of Jerusalem. So that one gives us a connection to the family of Lehi writing upon gold plates and a cultural reference that it was a thing in Jerusalem around 600 BC. The Darius gold plates were discovered in Iran. They date back to 515 BC. And the Orphic gold tablets um, were found in several places in Greece and Italy, and they date back to 400 BC. So I apologize for the random little history lesson there. But I want to point out that the golden plates... Even though in Joseph Smith's time, they were thought to be proof that Joseph Smith was making the story up. It's interesting that since then, history has proven that engraving upon metal plates was a thing that people did. And it was a thing that people did with records that they found to be the most important. So the importance of Jacob and the authors of the Book of Mormon writing and engraving on gold plates was so incredibly vital so that we could have an intact history and an intact scripture. Because that's the interesting thing about things like the Dead Sea Scrolls or any other historical document that doesn't survive well. There's a lot of piecework and there's a lot of guessing And history kind of gets patched together based on pieces of knowledge here and there. That was not the case for the Book of Mormon. We had the entire record in pristine condition. In fact, of all the different witnesses of the golden plates, not a single one of them mentioned any sort of damage or corrosion on the plates, which is something kind of interesting. So Jacob, even knowing how little he could write... In verse 3, he takes time to write and to express how he hopes that this record will be received. In verse 3, he says, Now in this thing we do rejoice, and we labor diligently to engrave in these words upon plates, hoping that our beloved brethren and our children will receive them with thankful hearts and look upon them that they may learn with joy. I have never thought to express gratitude for the writers of the Book of Mormon. And I love how Jacob expresses that he hopes that his children will receive them with thankful hearts. I've always been grateful for the Book of Mormon, but I'm discovering this verse a new gratitude for the writers of the Book of Mormon and their their work. Now here's what I love. Jacob goes on, and in verse 4, he talks about the reason for their labor. He says this, For... For this intent have we written these things, that they may know that we knew of Christ, 
and we had a hope of his glory many hundred years before his coming. And not only we ourselves had a hope of his glory, but also all the holy prophets which were before us. There are so many things that I love about this verse. First of all, when I read the scriptures, I know that those prophets knew Christ. I can feel that testimony in their words. And so I love that that was his hope, that the people who would read these things would know that they knew Christ. And then this phrase right here, and had a hope of his glory. Even before his coming, they hoped for his glory. They believed he would come and they had faith in the mission of Christ. And that all the holy prophets from Adam on down had that same hope for the Savior and in the Savior. Every prophet has testified of him. Every prophet desires to bring us closer to him. So Jacob says that they had a hope of his glory. But my testimony to you is that because of the work of the Book of Mormon authors, I have a hope because of his glory. I know Christ because of the Book of Mormon. I know who he is. I know what his mission was. I know what his atonement can do for me. And because of the writing of the Book of Mormon, I have a hope because of the glory of Christ. So in that sense, the Book of Mormon does exactly what it set out to do, to convince us that Jesus is the Christ. Because of their words, I have hope in Christ. I have faith in Christ. And I have peace in Christ. Thank you so much for listening today, you guys. If you're liking this podcast, make sure to subscribe, to like, to comment, and to share with others. This has been Come Follow Me Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.